Hey, Philip, what's going on? Hey, Brian, good to see you, man. I didn't hear you knock. I didn't know I had to knock. Fair enough. So what are we doing this week? The same thing we do every week, our podcast. Ooh, let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock. The show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock. Philip, what's going on? Not much, Brian. I've got cars in the brain. I bet you do. But before we even get to that, how's your week been? Pretty good. Pretty good so far. How about yours? It's been, wow, pretty hectic. I'm... It's been crazy busy, but I'm feeling I'm feeling good to be here. Yeah, you look a little more like on edge and frazzled than, than normal. <laughs> well, you know that happens the more you get busier, right? You kind of like a cat that got dropped in water like <laughs> randomly, right? <laughs> what was it that cat, the Oliver and Company, where he walks across the the subway drain, you know, the where it, the air shoots up at him and he's all wet and it's just like poof. How do you remember these things? I'm, I'm I love that. I love that show. Consistently blown away that you remember that stuff. You never come on. All, everyone loves Oliver and Company that grew up in that with that movie. Well, now that you bring it back up, yeah, I remember it. But <laughs> I had to I had to do some indexing there for a come moment. On, you don't, but you don't go around singing the Billy Joel. Why should I worry? You don't like. I always wished I was Dodger, but then my brother liked um, Tito. The little chihuahua. It was like, hey, man. <laughs> Brian, I grew up in the Northeast. The only songs that are ever stuck in my head are either Billy Joel songs or like, you know, Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton on repeat over and over again. See, then you should already know this. I shouldn't be having to remind you about it. <laughs> Years of therapy to get over Billy Joel. I mean, it took me a long time. A wine made with passion and soul is a great way to bring people together. And that's why we choose a passion. Alpacion is an award-winning wine produced in the Uco Valley region of Argentina and can be found in fine restaurants and retail establishments all over the world. Taste the passion today or book a trip to their vineyards and experience their exquisite lodge and glamping tents. Learn more at www.alpacion.com. So our guest today is a car enthusiast, so I knew this would get your engine revving. <laughs> but you yeah. like how I did that? I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was that was a good dad was, joke was, for was, a non-dad <laughs> in the room. That was impressive. <laughs> it was special, I know, I know. But this guy is amazing. I, I got the chance to meet him, uh, I guess it was a little over a year or two years ago. I guess COVID makes it feel like it was like 10 years ago. But it was about a year or two ago. Uh, he graduated with a degree from transportation design from Art Center College of the Design in Pasadena, California. He spent 10 years in the car industry working with different companies, including Honda, Mercedes-Benz, Mitsubishi, Ford, GM, Chrysler, many more. And in 2004, he joined Mattel and the ultimate car design team at Hot Wheels. And right there, that like hits home for me. So we'd like to welcome to the show... Uh, the design director of die-cast vehicles for Hot Wheels and Matchbox brands, Mr. Brian Benedict. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How you doing, man? Man, we are just thrilled to have you. I mean... Oh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for taking the time. I, You know, as soon as... I remember when we were talking, I, I was telling Philip this... Every time I think of toys, I think of you because I don't know anyone else in the toy design business or in the toy industry that has probably a greater job than you do. Yeah, I'm having pretty uh, quite a bit of fun, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to know, is your house filled with your toys or your kids' toys? <laughs> well, my kids are a little older now, so not, not as many of their toys, but... Uh, but we do have quite a few toys in the house, although I keep it mostly to my office. The rest of the house, um, 
you know, I let my wife do the decor in those rooms and uh, I, uh, I decorate my office. So is the office just wall mounted case after wall mounted case of die casts? Like as, as far yeah, as pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I, I can see, I can see looking in the background, you've got a, a couple of your designs and things around. Um, it must be so much fun. And I, I guess I can relate. My wife, tends to not let me use any of the space that I live in <laughs> to hang my toys. So I told Philip, I was like, that's what we have to do. We need a place where we can have our podcast and put all of our toys. Yeah, look what I got, honey. Oh, that's nice. Where, where <laughs> it's you going to Philip's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another feeling. <laughs> now, you grew up in California on a dairy farm. Is that correct? Yeah, originally. And then uh, we moved to Washington State. But yeah, um, born in Central California, Grew up on a dairy. Uh, my dad was a, a farm laborer. Not we didn't own the farm, but we lived on the farm. And so, and I had there were nine of us kids growing up. What? So, wait. What? What order were you of the nine? I was number eight of nine. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. And so you know, money didn't go very far if you you think uh, farm labor is pretty much minimum wage job and and raising nine kids. So it was pretty rough growing up. Uh, but uh, you know. I had five older brothers. They were all crazy about cars. So that um, really inspired me to kind of do what I do. Well, okay. So first of all, let's go back just a, just a little bit. I think that's kind of amazing that someone that grew up on a dairy farm ended up in the car design business. <laughs> yeah. just, to, to me, I'm just trying to like find the correlation here. Like, where did that yeah. come from? I mean, I imagine you were probably up at what, 5 a.m. doing chores. I mean, anyone on the life of a farm, it's early to bed, early to rise, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was an unlikely path for me, for sure. And, you know, my, my dad and everyone I knew kind of expected me to continue with the farm life. I knew from a very early age that was not for me. So <laughs> I was not about to <laughs> follow in my dad's footsteps, unfortunately. Do you, but, guys, um, do you guys have, uh, do, do they still work on the farm or do you just still have the farm as part of the family? Uh, no. So um, my, my dad's passed away, but um, my, my brother, a couple of my brothers kind of stayed in the farm and farm work for a while, but they've all gotten out now. So no one's still uh, involved with farming anymore. Growing up, did your father work for mostly uh, smaller private farms, or were they large? Yeah, uh, he worked for a uh, a local dairyman who had a uh, a fairly large farm. I guess it was a, a dairy cows. We we actually had the distinction of having the most famous bulls in the world. Um, our Linda Chief was the bull, the big huge bull that I grew up with, and uh, you can read about him online. He's like the most famous bull in the world. Like he he sired almost like a majority of all um, calves that like today, like I forget what the percentage is, but that's cool. So, like, so, so all of his descendants, I've probably, yeah, eaten, yeah. I've right. probably eaten relatives. He's, of he's his. The, he's yeah. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the Genghis Kong of the bull world. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Genghis yeah. Khan. Yeah. <laughs> we were like buddies though, growing up. Like I, I hung out with that bull. <laughs> well, better to be buddies with the bull than, than on the other side of the fence on that one. Yeah, <laughs> so. I did get into trouble a few times where I'd, I'd get in the bullpen and, and they'd chase after me and I'd have to run for my life to get out of there before he smashed into the... Yeah, quite literally. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, so have you done running to the bulls in Spain? <laughs> well, okay, what, what have you gotten into? What kind of trouble? Because... For me and Philip, we, we both talk about how the trouble that we got into, but growing up on a farm, if you give us more space, animals, <laughs> and machinery, and even less supervision, I can't even imagine what's going to oh, happen. Oh, yeah. Well, it's kind of surprising that we survived, actually, when you think about it. Like, um, yeah, we, we were always unsupervised, you know, as little kids just running around the farm and, and doing crazy things. And we'd climb the hay bales, you know, like there are these huge stacks of hay bales that were like, you know, a couple stories high or whatever. And we'd climb on those and they're pretty precarious. They'd sometimes fall over, you know, we'd <laughs> like, uh, sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. Fall over. You just have to try to avoid falling with the hay bale. <laughs> well, I, it sounds like you, even though it was, you say it was rough. I'm, I mean, I'm grateful that you do what you do because, well, because it brings joy to me. So I, I can say thank you straight up. <laughs> Well, so you grew oh, I'm up. Glad to do that. <laughs> so let me ask: You grew up in a family of, of car nuts. Your older brothers all liked cars. Did yeah. anybody else get involved in any automotive work, or or are you the uh, only one? No, yeah, I'm the only one that actually uh, 
pursued that path um, career-wise. Um, all of my older brothers are still, um, well, for the most part, all of them are, are still into, into cars quite a bit, but um, no, I never pursued it. One, one of my brothers, you know, thought about pursuing um, uh, like car building, you know, like uh, doing custom work or something like that. But he felt uh, too much obligation to help out the family on the farm and everything. And so never ended up pursuing that. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe yeah. that's for the better. I mean, today's uh, one-off car design world is limited to the Konasegs and, and the really elite, right? So yeah. who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, unless you're, exactly. in, unless you're working for Tesla and battery life these days. Indeed. So, yeah. true, <laughs> so it seems to be what's going on. I personally consider that less car and more just engineering a product. But you know. fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. But uh, well, okay. There's a debate about that. I Indeed. know we could go on for forever about that one. What was your first car, Brian? Oh man, my first car was pretty lame, actually. I I had a seventy-seven. Oh, so that's the best that you know. <laughs> yeah. it was good. You know it was good if you're like you got to say it was lame. <laughs> yeah, it was a seventy-seven Ford Maverick four door. Not not the cool looking coupe. It was a really lame four door. With, it was white with green plaid interior. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I was so proud of that thing, though, you know, because I, I paid, I think it was 75 bucks. I bought it for 75 bucks off my brother. <laughs> and he only paid fifty dollars for it, so he. Oh, you got he hosed. made a profit. <laughs> yeah, I got hosed. No, you got no, hosed. no family discount with you guys. No, no, not at all. <laughs> but so I was pretty proud of that thing. I, I, I drove it all over the place. Um, so is that? It was, it was a, it was a heap. Is that what led to the decision to then go and design? Because you thought to yourself, holy shit, I, I be need better something than this. better. <laughs> I can make something better like, than yeah. this. Like, yeah, like no, somebody you know, actually, actually molded this out of clay. This, there's something wrong. Yeah. Yeah, something went horribly wrong in the design process there. Um, yeah, no, actually, you know, I decided when I was five years old that, that, that I wanted to be a designer. And no I kidding. remember, I distinctly, yeah, I distinctly remember telling my mom, like, this is what I'm going to do when I grow up. And she was like, no, you're crazy. That's not a job. You can't, you can't make money drawing cars. And I'm like, no, no I'm pretty sure I, I think you can. And I remember even at five years old thinking like, well, things don't just appear the way they do on their own. Like somebody's got to make it right. Somebody's got to like come up with that. Right. And so I was determined this is what I was going to do. And my, my mom kept telling me it wasn't really a job and that that wasn't something I could do. But um, by the time I was 12, I wrote a letter to General Motors and asked them, is this really a job? And uh, they said, sure it is. And they told me everything I needed to do to get into car design. And so I followed their their direction. That's awesome. Wow. I, I had no idea what I wanted to do at 12. I still, <laughs> I still have no idea what I want to do. <laughs> so, Brian, when, when you wrote General Motors, did you just write yeah. a, like a general letter to their you know, generic yeah. address and hey, to whomever this may concern or decides to open it. I got a question. How? Yeah. I remember I had this really cool teacher in, in uh, junior high who would like teach us how to write letters to chambers of commerce and companies and stuff. And so I, uh, I decided to oh. look up the main address of General Motors headquarters. And then I didn't know exactly who to address it to, but I just, I, I think I addressed it, addressed it to the design department or something like that. And I actually got a letter back and I was so, I was so excited just to, you know, receive a response from them. But they, they sent me tons of, um, tons of information. They sent me all kinds of booklets on design and how to become a designer. And that is really so cool. cool. That, that That's awesome. You're probably like one of like three people that, that was in that <laughs> realm. And so they're like, they're like, yes, we got another one, another recruit. Yeah. <laughs> Let's send them everything. Yeah. The really cool thing is, Years later, I ended up working with GM for, for a year, and I met the woman who actually sent me the response back when I was 12. No kidding. Yeah. Did she, she, was, did she, she remember you? She like started crying when she met me. She was like, I can't believe I made, you know, made a difference. She was like so touched that the letter she wrote back made a difference. Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, you that's must awesome. have just made her world. That, that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I think yeah, it was pretty cool. I think that anyone would, would just not know. I, I wouldn't know what to say if someone said that to me or came up to me and was like, you helped me be what I want to be today because of this one thing you did that felt what insignificant to the, at the time or 
part of their job to do, and then all of a sudden yeah. you realize that it's just a life-altering action for somebody else. So here's a story. Yeah. So here's a story about a 12-year-old boy that reaches out to a gigantic corporation, and they treat him with the utmost hope and respect, and make his day and his world and a, your career spawns out of it, right? Oh, yeah. so, this is utopia right now. So, <laughs> so, let, so, let me, so let me ask you, did, did you see the movie Ford versus Ferrari? Yes, I did. Did it make you mad the way they portray, portrayed the execs at Ford? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think a lot of that wasn't really um, that was my No, that was my biggest uh, yeah. problem with that movie, right? I mean, the history yeah. not being accurate is one thing, but, but the way yeah. they portrayed the big brass at Ford... Your yeah. story is in direct contrast to how companies can be, right? And how yeah, people yeah, really are. Exactly. And they have like this, yeah. you know, evil company that knows nothing about racing and bumbles everything and like Oh, they had that, they had to hollow Hollywood it. Yeah, you know, Mr. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mr. Ford's like attention. terrified of the race car ride, you know, and all this <laughs> yeah. like crazy stuff. That made me laugh. I, I'm just like <laughs> Really? He was scared? Well, it was a funny moment. <laughs> it was complete horseshit, but it was a funny moment. <laughs> it was a fun movie, yeah. <laughs> I, I did enjoy that movie. I, I really did enjoy that movie. So you, yeah. you, you've, been in, you've been working with multiple companies. You got started at a very young age. Obviously, you're where you want to be right now. But yeah. was working for Hot Wheels and Matchbox something that you knew you wanted to go or did it kind of come at a later time? No. So, so no. So the interesting thing is um, it never occurred to me to actually like want to be a Hot Wheels designer or, or you know, like apply for a job at Hot Wheels or, or Matchbox. Um, but, but in the car studios, we would always talk about like all the designers would talk about like, Oh, Hot Wheels would be the ultimate car design job because you just do wild and crazy stuff. But it was always kind of like this fantasy thing. And it never, I never thought of it as like a real job opportunity because in my mind, I guess they were two separate things. It was like, Oh, that's the toy industry. This is car industry. They're, those are different. Right. And so it, it never really occurred to me to like reach out and try to get a job there. Um, but the funny thing is actually, I wrote a letter to Hot Wheels too. When I was, uh, I think actually when I was younger than the letter to GM, I think I was like eight or nine or something. <laughs> and, uh, I I gave them suggestions <laughs> for designs. That's <laughs> and, awesome. Uh, the the, le the letter I got back from from Hot Wheels from Mattel was a, a nice legalese letter saying thank you, but we cannot take any unsolicited <laughs> ideas. <laughs> so it was a little less inspiring than the letter back from GM, but I don't hold that against Mattel. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I guess I could. I guess I could see that they would probably get a lot more requests for, for things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, right now I, I got about four or five ideas off the top of my head that I could definitely shoot, <laughs> shoot hot wheels right now. <laughs> so how, so how did the transition go? Because when you were working in the actual um, automotive industry itself, yeah. were, were you in design and development or, or the research side yeah, of it? How were yeah. You yeah. So I, I was in, uh, you know, design studios all the time. Uh, some of that time I spent doing um, sculpting. I, I was doing some clay modeling. Um, and then uh, I also, like, I, I went from exterior design to interior design and then back to exterior design. And um, so, and all of those are very different, you know, so, but it's all different aspects of designing the car. Um, it was, uh, you know, I so basically I, my longest, um, stint anywhere was at Honda. I spent five years at Honda, um, then left uh, to pursue uh, contract work because I, I, you know, I basically felt it was more lucrative to, to, to do contracts. So, um, so I did a contract with Mercedes and Mitsubishi, and then I got offered a, an interior design job in Michigan. And that was at Johnson Controls. And um, I, uh, I decided to jump at that opportunity it was a, it was, um, you know, the pay was good and everything. And, and, um, it was a really great opportunity, but interior design was really foreign to me. I hadn't done anything with interior prior to that. Um, and I quickly found it was, uh, a lot more sort of intellectually taxing than, um, doing exterior design. Um, but it was, it was fun. It was great time, uh, working over there, but basically after three years in Michigan, I, I had enough snow. I could not, <laughs> I could not take that anymore. So, 
<laughs> Backpedaling a little bit, when you were at Honda, yeah. were you here in the U.S. domestic or were you overseas? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Honda here in Torrance, um, okay. in the L.A. area, and then uh, the Mercedes studio here in, in um, Southern California and, and Mitsubishi in Southern California. Um, gotcha. So, so with Michigan. the exception of three years in Michigan, you've been you've been where the weather's nice. Yes, <laughs> where yes, everyone exactly. wants wants to be, right? <laughs> where everyone, yeah. Well, um, and then, so I left Michigan, uh, because of the weather. And then, um, uh, after a couple of years of working independently, I decided to just kind of set up my own studio and, and just work for various companies. Um, in the midst of that, um, Mattel reached out to me out of the blue and asked if I would be interested in joining the team. And educate, if you don't mind, educate me and, and our listeners. So Mattel owns both Matchbox and Hot Wheels. Is that yes, correct? Yes, that's right. So for, for many years, you know, Matchbox and Hot Wheels were fierce rivals, right? So Hot Wheels was actually started um, um, to be a rival for Matchbox, right? Um, what were they? Were uh, they Tyco back then or? What's that? Were they Tyco back then, the, uh, the Matchbox it, the, brand? This is, so pre-Tyco day. So back in, uh, in 68 when Hot Wheels uh, first started, Matchbox was really the only little diecast toy car on the market, uh, you know, of any significance. And, but they didn't really roll very well back then. And so Mattel had the idea to create a diecast car that actually had more play value. You could roll around and run on tracks and stuff. And so, um, uh, and it's a funny, a cool story behind the name of how, how, how Hot Wheels be, be got its name. So um, Elliot Handler was the, um, the head of Mattel and he had commissioned, you know, his team to, to go out and create this, this new toy line. And when they came to his desk with the first prototype, they rolled it across the desk and this Hot Wheels car just, uh, you know, glided right across the desk. And he's like, wow, those are some Hot Wheels. And that's how the name of the company or the brand. That's um, great. Started. <laughs> yeah. It's like a good, it's like a good jingle. It's like, is that a good, yeah, let's, yeah, let's just call it that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah wow, exactly. Those are some Hot Wheels. I was like, uh, write that down. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's kind of so, like how they came up with Hot Pocket. Hot Pocket. <laughs> yeah, That's good. Exactly. Let's yeah. go. We're keeping right. it. We're exactly. keeping it. Write that down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then from 68 on through the, you know, 70s and 80s, uh, Matchbox and Hot Wheels were fierce rivals. Um, and then in, into the 90s. And then Mattel bought Matchbox, which was then a part of Tyco. I see. Um, yeah. Uh, in, in the nineties. Yeah. That, that, that vaguely rings my bells because I'm a child of the eighties as is Brian here. Yeah. And I remember that the Tyco branded, um, cars for a little while, right. Where you see the little yeah. like Tyco yeah. logo stamped into the bottom of the, of the base die cast. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I also remember when they were, were like, you know, very obviously getting cheaper in their production process, because I remember when I was a kid, my, you know, die cast toy cars it was a you know die cast bottom die cast top with a screw in the middle that held the thing up so the axles can be held on the wheels could be you know rolling oh, yeah. and all of that and then when they went to those like super duper cheap plastic bottoms in like 88 or 89 somewhere in there yeah. they just broke all the time and they come apart on me all the time I'm like oh come on <laughs> philip did you have a did Always. you have a favorite car did you have a, a favorite hot wheel or car that you had growing up Ooh, um you know, I don't remember if I had a favorite one or not. I had a die-cast DeLorean from the Back to the Future. Oh, um, great car. But I don't know who made that. Nice. I don't know which company made that. Okay. You have to keep in mind, though, this is also when Micro Machines I had a ton of Micro Yeah, I had a ton of Micro Machines. Yeah. So my brothers who grew up in the 70s, right, they've got all the awesome slot cars and yeah. the oh, yeah, racing. Yeah. And then my, you know, 1980s little like like wussy cars. <laughs> I've got the micro machines that are well, like completely useless. I, and I had a, I had a lot of the micro machines, but I still remember my favorite series of the Hot Wheels when I was younger was the Color Changers. When they oh had, yeah, when oh they, yeah, those are still very popular. Yeah, I used to love yeah. those, and like because I would we you know put them in the water. You know, you'd yeah. have them outside. I mean, man, that yeah. those were some of my favorites. In fact, the. I think it was the 57 Chevy was my favorite color changer. See, again, you're killing me with your memory, right? I, <laughs> I completely forgot about that. And, and those and those are, I guarantee you, what led to the big chameleon paint craze that was in the mid-90s, right? Oh, the yeah. The 2000s. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, I, oh I, actually, I take oh, it you, back. You I, do remember one. I did have a Mach 5, a Speed Racer die cast. Oh, as well. nice. Okay. Yeah, that was, okay. that was pretty spectacular from playtime. 
So Brian, okay, you've been working, you you did a lot of design work and you've worked with a lot of companies, you know, Phillips families in racing. Have you ever actually worked with anybody in the racing world uh, with, you know, on like a crew or anything? I mean, as much as you love cars. No, I've never, I've never like been a part of a crew or anything or, or really been directly involved in the racing world other than I, I did a, uh, I did a, um, a deco or, you know, a graphic scheme for, uh, Jesse James, uh, a figure eight car at one point. Um, but, uh, not, not real directly involved in that sense with racing, but now at Hot Wheels, you know, we do get involved quite a bit with, um, we don't sponsor motorsports so much, but we, we partner with various, um, people in motorsports. And so, is it just, is um, so it across I, the board or is it specifically formula one or NASCAR or yeah, kind of across the board, oh, okay. kind of across the board. Um, um, we, you know, we, we have various partners, um, Von Gittin Jr. And, um, Alex Laughlin. We, we've got a lot, a lot of, you know, we, we try to be, we try to be everywhere. That's cool in the car world. Right. And, and, um, and the cool thing about a brand like Hot Wheels is you can attract anybody who's cool. <laughs> so, so people uh, want to work with us yes. as much as we want to work with them. <laughs> so, yes. so that leads me to a question. What's cool right now in the car world? Like what is, what is Hot Wheels sort of turning their attention to in terms yeah, of we're, where we're they're not, at? we're not cool at all. So <laughs> <laughs> I promise you that. We're the opposite of cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different um, sort of, a lot of different strands of things that are going on. Right. And, um, and, and that's the cool thing about, you know, we've got like, 400, um, you know, new castings every year, right? So we got tons and tons of uh, product uh, amongst all of our lines. And so we're able to do a lot of different stuff. And so we can be everywhere. That's cool, right? Like uh, to answer your question, like like the whole like Radwood scene, like the whole 80s, 90s, like retro craze, like that's really big right now. So we're doing a lot of, you know, early BMW M3s and, and um you know, uh, 80s era Porsches and things like that. A lot of that kind of stuff. Customizing Porsches is really big. So we do a lot with that. Sure. Um, Especially in the California scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, you know, Magnus Walker, Rod Emery, all all these guys that we're uh, closely associated with, um, um, RWB, we do a lot of stuff with them. So, um, there's a lot of that. There's, um, man, what else? Uh, well, we're just, uh, well, we're we're, we're not we're very everywhere. cool, but I do know, and I do want to point this out because to me, this you are so cool for doing this. Um, you were one of the creating forces behind the Darth Vader car, Hot Wheels car. Yes. Um, in fact, you is this true? You you guys built a full functioning size Darth Vader car, yes. which was which was featured on Jay Leno's garage. And it, well, yes, right? Is that? Yes, that's right. How yeah. was that process? I mean, first of all, what is it like to get when someone or your boss calls you or just says, "Hey, by the way, you're doing a Star Wars car." Now, I know it was, <laughs> I know this wasn't your first Star Wars, or was this your first Star Wars car? Well, actually, the Darth car was the first Star Wars car. Okay. Um, yeah, and I'll, let me. I'll I'll take a step back to kind of tell you how we got to that point. So, so I had created this whole concept of character cars. Um, it started with the Toy Story property. When Toy Story 3 was about to come out, um, we got, Mattel had gotten the Toy Story license. Uh, and, uh, well, actually, to pitch for the license, we, we presented the idea of character cars then. We wanted to kind of come up with, there wasn't a lot of vehicular-related stuff with Toy Story, um, the franchise. So we decided to come up with something that would make sense for Hot Wheels as a Toy Story product, right? And um, And so... For years, we had been doing, in Hot Wheels, way back to the 70s and 80s, you know, we were doing all these creature cars in Hot Wheels, dragons and dogs and cats and things like that. Sure, remember, I remember those, having yeah. Someone, yeah, when I was a kid, I had some of those. And um, and so I thought to myself, well, we've been doing this. We've had this formula where we take, like, creatures and stuff and make them kind of, like, authentic-looking cars. So why don't we do that with licensed characters? And so I did that with the Toy Story line, and it was a huge hit. So from there, we started doing other properties. And then that gave us the opportunity to, to pitch for the Star Wars license, which was never possible for Mattel before because it's kind of like, you know, an unspoken rule. Like, like Hasbro has the, the Star Wars license. So, you know, Mattel, you know, kind of that's not our turf, right? But 
but this gave us a unique point of differentiation where we actually had an opportunity and, and they came to us asking us to pitch to show them what we could do for star wars and so um so i put together a bunch of concepts for darth vader and and um you know c-3po and all, all the characters and they loved it and so we got the license we started doing these um star wars character cars um along with um replica starships as well which we we still sell those um alongside our our character cars yeah i know Um, you guys are sold out of them right now yeah yeah they're sometimes (laughs) hard to find on shelf (laughs) yeah all the other Um, uh all the other eight-year-olds beat me to the punch (laughs) yeah exactly yeah exactly Uh, Exactly I'm a child correct. at heart. Yeah. I'm a child at heart. What can I say? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, but yeah, so to celebrate this new partnership and to to really make a big splash in um, you know in the public, we decided you know what better thing to do than to build a real full size Darth Vader car that's actually a fully functioning car, and we displayed that at Comic Con, and it was met with you know just an amazing um, response and. The rest is history. <laughs> now, is that car in Jay Leno's garage, or you guys have it? No. At, where is that car displayed? I mean, I imagine cars uh, like where. Where are most of the car? Like, because you guys, it's not the first one you've built yeah. fully sized. Where they? Do you guys have a museum? Yeah, we've, got, we've got quite a few cars. Um, we we call it our uh, Hot Wheels Garage of Legends, and so we have an actual physical garage which is next door to our design center, and it houses all of our cars in in the Garage of Legends, and uh, uh, those cars consider. There's probably about 25 cars, I think, that are officially uh, inducted into the Garage of Legends. Um, but we actually have a few more cars than that as well. But um, those are all cars that either started as a Hot Wheels 164 diecast and we replicated as a full-size car or, um, or um, like in some cases, like we've, we've had this um, Hot Wheels Legends tour in the last couple of years and they were real cars that were built by fans who then entered their car to win to become a a Hot Wheels legend. So oh, wow. Now, now we create those cars as, as 164 scale cars. Now, oh, that's you, very fun. That's that, cool. That's really yeah. cool. And, and you guys did that as a, as a TV show, is um, that, is, right? Was that the TV show you guys? Because Hot Wheels yes, did the TV the, show uh, of the legends, and it was people that had life-size, fully-size Yes, cars. yes, exactly. So um, we, we've had this live stream going uh, for the past year. It used to be just a physical physical car shows around the country. We'd go to a different city every weekend, and people come out, bring their cars, and we'd pick a car at every stop. And then at the end of the year, we'd pick a final one at SEMA. The big finale was at SEMA. We'd pick the final winner, and then we'd make that car as a real car. Um, this last year due to COVID we had to adjust things a little bit. So we went online instead and, um, um, and we've partnered with a lot of different uh, media companies. Each, each um, live stream was kind of hosted by a different media outlet. Um, the finale was um, hosted by Jay Leno's garage and, and featured on Jay Leno's garage um, at, and, and held at his garage. And it was a really cool event. We, yeah, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we can attract the coolest people. I mean, we got Snoop Dogg and Fluffy Gabriel Iglesias. Oh, uh, as a couple of our yeah, judges. he's a huge uh, car enthusiast. Yes, yeah, exactly. So he's got a huge collection himself. Snoop's got a big collection. So you know, we're and we're not just partnering with celebrities just because they're cool, but they've got to be cool and authentic to our brand and cool. You know, like into cars and and into what we're about. And so um, both of those guys were, as well as Jay, of course, and. Yeah, so we're actually uh, continuing our Legends Tour, our Hot Wheels uh, Legends Tour again this year. So, of course, right now with COVID, um, with that situation, uh, we'll start out with live streams. Um, but once things get back to normal, we'll, we'll continue having live events again as well. And so it's a really exciting opportunity for fans everywhere to enter their cars and, and have a chance of having their car immortalized as a 164 scale Hot Wheels diecast. Uh, spectacular. So, so where can our listeners go to check that out um, when it's popping up? They can go to um, our our Instagram or our Facebook pages. Uh, just go to Hot Wheels. Um, you can type in Hot Wheels Legends. I'll take you there. There will be information on there on on the live streams coming up and and the various events that we're having. Very cool. And Look we'll we'll, we'll have that in our episode description for any of you guys, any of you dreamers out there that want to create your own Hot Wheel or have your Hot Wheel entered into the Legends competition, yeah, you know, I, you can check it out in the episode description. 
Yeah, to have your full-size car turned into a Hot Wheels legend. I mean, I, I think everybody, that's a, that, that would blow my mind. I'm picturing all of my friends growing up just going nuts right now. <laughs> yeah. Be like, you know. My 96 Honda Civic is going to blow their minds. <laughs> That's right. If it's cool enough. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's, it's a little a couple upgrades, right? A couple upgrades. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, um, Jay Leno's garage, I mean, that's got to be just a treat just to walk around in his garage. It's it's incredible. Yeah, and I, you know, uh, interestingly enough, I've actually known Jay for over 25 years now. And um, I got to know him when I was a student at Art Center. And I was just a poor starving student. And, uh, I got connected with this group of rich guys who had cool cars and, uh, somehow, uh, one of my friends, uh, was friends with Jay and he invited me to come over to his collection. And I thought Jay was going to have his people show me around. Right. And I get there on a Saturday morning and Jay himself greets me and he spends the whole like afternoon with me just talking cars. It was amazing. So from that time on, I've, I've been to the garage uh, a number of times. Um, you know, well before the partnership with, with, um, Hot Wheels and everything. But, uh, it's really cool to see how it's grown. And I mean, that original time I went back in the early nineties, it was like just, you know, one little warehouse. And now it's like <laughs> the largest car collection <laughs> in the world. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's room after room after room. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's just amazing. I, I think we're going to have to make a trip to California to see some of these legends. Yeah, so I, 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 I was actually about to ask that question. So the actual Hot Wheels garage that you all keep on campus um, yeah. in a non-COVID world, is that something that the public can get tours of? Or, or do you have it, to have it, permission or right ahead of time? You have to have permission. Yeah, it's not like generally open to the public. We open it um, every once in a while. We have like these open house days uh, where we invite people to come in. Um, but so you have to catch on one of those particular days. Or if you happen to know someone like me, that <laughs> might let you in. Oh, if you happen to know someone like you, huh? Well, we, <laughs> I'll bring you a machaca breakfast burrito from this burrito. There we go. <laughs> Um, I will say this, Brian, it's, it's, I love talking with you and, and I still remember the very first, you stuck out more than anyone, uh, at a, at a gathering of random gathering. My wife brought me to, uh, one of her clients was having, who helped sponsor the art car parade here in Houston. I see Brian Benedict from across the room with a vest with glued hot wheel cars, like rows of just hot wheel cars on his vest. And I'm sitting here, I'm going... I have got to talk to this guy. There's a there's a reason that he's got Hot Wheels. No one just shows up to this with like Hot Wheels cars glued all over his chest without a story. So Brian, were they all your design cars on that vest, or were they various Hot Wheel cars? Uh, no, they were they were from various designers. But to be fair to both brands, I actually had both Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars on nice. my vest. So on my uh, left side, I had. Hot Wheels cars going up, and on the right side, I had M Matchbox cars going down the best. <laughs> I mean, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. And and you were, but you were in Houston for the art car parade to judge. Yes. That, that was right. That's right. Are you, yeah, I was one of the judges. Are you still doing that? I mean, I know right now they put it yeah. on hold, but are, is that a regular thing for you? Yeah, I've been involved for a few years now. Unfortunately, la so last year I was, uh, I was supposed to to be the featured artist but then it didn't really happen i mean it happened virtually but um wasn't like what it was supposed to be um but uh but you know they adapted and and, and made things work and it was really cool still to be involved so I, I had some involvement last year two years before that i um i was there as a judge so that that and that was a lot of fun it's so cool to get to know everybody in that in the houston art car community it's just such a an amazing world that I didn't even know about until I got involved. Like I was actually, I think it was like three or four years ago. I was at Toyota headquarters in Dallas or, uh, and or Plano. And um, let's see, I met Lynette Wall Wallace there. She invited me to come be a, I was a judge there at, at Toyota for a kid's car design competition. And so then she invited me to come be a judge for the Houston art car parade. And, it was just really cool uh, to become a part of that world. And uh, so many cool people involved in Marilyn Oshman and, and Melissa Richardson Banks, who's a friend of mine that that's um, been closely involved with it for, for years. And, and, and a lot of the artists like Kim Bainter and Amber Eagle and Rebecca Bass and, and all these super cool people. And it's just, it's just been such an exciting thing to be a part of. 
I moved to Houston in the early 2000s, and I had never heard of the Art Car Parade either, despite growing up in a, in a car family. And even after I had moved here, nobody told me about it. And the day oh, yeah. it happened to be going on, the first 12 months I was living in town, I'm driving down the street, everything's blocked off. What's going on, you know? And I get routed yeah. up and over. What is this? <laughs> it was the most <laughs> spectacular. I mean, my mind was blown. I just couldn't believe that it existed on the level that it does with so yeah. many people involved. Well, my favorite is actually when you're when you know it's about it either happened that day or there are people driving their cars in and and you're just oh, see yeah. you you're just on the street, right? I'm like riding my bike <laughs> or you're just walking down the street and all of a sudden you see a car with like a thousand beer cans, you know, all over it, you know, yeah, coming yeah. out of everything. Yeah, yeah I'll, go, I'll go back up to the Northeast. I'll be driving around New England and I'll see people that weld some things together and make art. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Come, come, come to Houston and check out what gets welded together once a year in my town. I mean, <laughs> they made, they, there was some, the, the year I went, there was some really great stuff. And, and again, everyone knows I'm a Star Wars geek, but like they had a fully sized like spacecraft like Star Wars spaceship, like out of it <laughs> that they were going through, and I was I was sitting there watching this. I'm like, oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, I'm just so happy that nobody's ruined the pyrotechnics yet because <laughs> one day some lawyer's going. Well, this isn't safe without permit. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, it'll get there eventually, but uh, that at that Let's point, at that point, it's gonna be. It won't be on the streets of downtown. It'll be some. It'll be like in NRG Stadium or something, like a monster truck rally. Yeah, or man. Something there's like no, there's that. nothing like seeing a full size dragon driving down the Allen Parkway, blowing <laughs> oh, yeah. fifty foot flames. You know, it's like wow. Okay, I love this. You know. The only thing, the only reason that I would not wish for that to happen is the amount of accidents of people trying to take pictures or selfies or whatever while they're driving. That's, <laughs> that's the only reason. Otherwise, that would be magical. Yeah. That, that would car be- shaped like yeah. a banana and spits fire. <laughs> What's going on? I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, Brian, okay, you you obviously are a busy busy guy. You love your job. You know how does your wife? fit into all of this when did you guys meet is she a car enthusiast or is this something that she was like well i love you you have your hobby yeah yeah no i mean she she appreciates cars um she appreciates car design she doesn't really care about engines or performance or anything like that it's it's all um, about it's all about how it looks right yeah yeah exactly fair enough Uh, which is more my area anyway but um i mean i do appreciate a powerful car and i you know i'm into motorsports as well but uh, she's mildly into it. Uh, she's not a, a hardcore enthusiast or anything. <laughs> that is the most PC husband answer. She's <laughs> mildly into it. He's like, I, she's going to listen well, to I this. I, be- <laughs> I, I better I be say, good. Um, it, it, if this, if this points to anything, she, I just, I just had my 50th birthday. Uh, Happy I birthday! Just gave away how old I am, but that uh, <laughs> I, I got to. I saw a couple of the pictures that you got that you posted for your birthday. Uh, that was yeah. a really cool car. So for my 50th birthday, since uh, we couldn't get together with anyone, you know, we're stuck. You know, we're stuck in COVID lockdown. You know, and um, couldn't have a proper 50th birthday like I had hoped. Um, but so the kids put together a really awesome Hot Wheels themed birthday party for me, which I never got a birthday party as a kid. So it was kind of like. My first real Hot Wheels themed birthday party. Oh, <laughs> 50 years in the making. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know whether to cry or. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's awesome. And it was awesome. I mean, they did an amazing job of decorating. It was so cool. It was like the coolest kids' birthday party you'd ever imagine. Uh, but then on top of that, if that wasn't enough, my wife uh, gave me a 72 Corvette Stingray convertible for my birthday. <laughs> no so, kidding. Yeah. Wow. It was beautiful looking. I saw a picture. I saw a picture of it. It was gorgeous. So this is a fully restored. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's a nice car. I, I was really, uh, completely surprised. I had no idea she would ever do anything like that. So it was, that is one heck of a birthday gift. That's, that's spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I almost, I almost feel guilty. Like I'm not, I don't deserve that. I like how you say almost. I almost yeah, feel yeah. guilty. Are you are you a car collector, Brian, or or is this? No, I mean I've I I couldn't call myself a car collector because I've never had more than one cool car at a time. <laughs> but I I've always liked um, classic cars. I haven't had a cool car in a long time because you know we have a lot of kids and kids are the priority right now and you know been you know getting them through school and all that and so I had kind of. Um, 
you know, I, I put, put any, having any cool car on hiatus for a while. Um, so that's where I was particularly uh, surprised and blown away that, that she, my wife did that for me. Yeah. That's spectacular. That's awesome. Well, now you, you have five kids, five kiddos. Yeah. So your house is busy, busy, busy. Yes, um, it is. What, what's the age range? Of all your kiddos. So, uh, uh, 11 about to turn 12. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, 12. I, I don't even know the age of my kids. Uh, 12 about to turn 13 is the youngest, uh, all the way to 20 about to turn 21. Oh, wow. Okay. So, okay. So yeah. you got, you got a bunch and there's a big span in there. Is anyone, yeah. anyone interested in getting into your field or, or are they all very different? They're all very different. Yeah. Interestingly, um, I would say, my youngest boy is probably the most into cars, um, but he's mostly only into like Lamborghinis because those are cool because all the YouTubers he watches drive Lamborghinis. Right? <laughs> like, it's not like he's really a car enthusiast. Or yeah, what's that all about? It's is that a new, is that know. a new tra- it's a new trend, right? I don't. Yeah. If you're on I don't YouTube, it. if you're making on YouTube, you drive a Lambo. Uh, yeah, all these kids, uh, yeah, all think, these kids on YouTube, they got like Lamborghinis and Mercedes G wagons. It's just yeah, all they I drive. think they give you a Lamborghini when you set up a YouTube account. I think that's how it works. I don't know. <laughs> well, we're still waiting on ours. Apparently, <laughs> apparently it's on back order. So yeah. if anyone from YouTube is listening, uh, you can ship us that Lambo now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a Huracan. Don't care what color. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, 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 drive the, I'll drive the yellow. Well, okay. So you, you are quite busy. What When you have time for yourself, when you obviously a family is probably a, a go-to for you, but when you get yeah. a little time to yourself, what is something you do? Are, are you one of those that you can't really turn it off as far as work because you love it so much? Because you sound like you love it. It, it feels like yeah. it's, it's hard for you to turn it off. Like you, I would, I could imagine you taking some time off and just sitting there like draw, making drawings. I, I don't know why I'm <laughs> well, just picturing that, but, but what do you do for your downtime? Well, yeah, so you're right. It's hard to turn it off. Um, but but actually, when I do get downtime, I try not to create. Like, I, I'm usually, I'll end up creating for work because there's always more work to do, right? Like, I, it's, it's hard to ever catch up. There's so much to do. But, well, you said you're putting um, out, f- the, the, the company's putting out 400 new dyes a year? Yeah, so, so, so like in the basic car line, there's 50 new tools and 400 um, cars total and, and all new decos, a new paint scheme. Um, and then there's, there's another 50 or so in character cars. There's another 50 or so in monster truck. There's like, so it's, yeah, it's hundreds of cars, hundreds of new tools every year. Right. So it's a crazy amount of, uh, of castings to design. Uh, and we have a fairly, fairly lean team. Um, and then on top of, like I said, on top of those castings, um, there's even, even more, new decos, new, new graphic schemes. Cause we'll, we'll redeco, you know, the existing cars. So really the answer is you don't have downtime. That, that's what it sounds like to me. No, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the real answer. But when I do try to find some time to myself, I, I really do just spend it with family. And, um, you know, we, uh, we live close to the beach, so we'll go down, uh, you know, to the tide pools. We'll, we'll hang out, you know, um, my, my daughter just got a surfboard. So she's really excited about surfing and, She's still learning, so we'll we try to take her down to the beach as much as we can. Are, are you cool. a surfer? Are, have you? No, no, I unfortunately never learned how. Um, I can barely swim. I, I've had many <laughs> swim lessons and cannot. I can't. I can't float. They always say if you relax, you float. I, See, I it's not just me, bro. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm the same way. Yeah. I, I, I've tried. I I've had right lessons. I, I, I sink the, like a the rock. Differ- yeah. The difference is, I'm pretty sure that you're you're saying it because you're frightened of the water so much that you're like if i say it enough i won't have to go near a boat or a body of water <laughs> so. i can neither confirm nor deny that hypothesis. yeah exactly yeah. right no but i actually love the water I, and i'll go in the water but i i not able to swim well enough to really they got life jackets yeah i love water too it's things that can eat me and drowning that i don't like yeah yeah that's true the i don't think they want to eat you I, I don't think yeah i i, I gonna say we're trying to i'm trying to get philip on shark week he's never really watched <laughs> shark week so i'm trying that's gonna be a one of our youtube episodes we're gonna have to do like a shark week episode or something yeah. <laughs> i've got a couple of shop talk questions for you if okay. you don't mind very yeah. curious when you are coming up with a completely new car, 
These yeah. are all what, 164th? Yeah, everything's 164th, yep. Okay, so when you're coming up with a completely new car, not not a replica of an actual production car, mm-hmm. but your own design. Yeah. How are you, like, how long does it take to go from pencil and paper to computer to, or what are you, 3D, yeah. print, are you 3D printing these? Yeah, yeah take, us through the pro- yeah. take us through the process. Yeah, I'll, I'll walk you through the, the process. So, uh, first of all, I'm always told I have 18 months to design a car, or, you know, from from first design to production. But that, I've never found I have that much time. <laughs> <laughs> I, like the Darth car, for instance, I finished, I, I sketched that up like in November and we had product at Comic-Con in June or July, right? Wow. July. So, so that was only like eight. Yeah. Nine months, nine, eight months. months yeah. Right? Nine months tough. Right. Um, and that's often the case where we're, you know, we, we do things in a pretty compressed time schedule, but if all is right with the world and, you know, we start right at the beginning of the season and we, we get some sketches, you know, done and then, uh, you know, start that process to production. Yeah. It's supposed to be 18 months, but, um, so basically, you know, uh, because we are, we do have so much going on, you know, we, uh, there's not a whole lot of time to, to finesse the design like we would in the car industry. Right. And that may be one thing that I miss, you know, that I, that I enjoyed in the car industry was that time to finesse and really work out, you know, um, you know, worrying about a millimeter here and there and adjusting to like, sure, sure. Um, but at our scale, that's not as important anyway, right? It's just the broad strokes of like making it look cool at one sixty four scale. So, um, you know, we'll do a few sketches and then immediately go into sculpt. So, you know, it may be a couple weeks, um, and then we're, we're into a sculpt. And when you're well, sculpting, when, you're yeah, sculpting with clay. Is that how this is working or, or some sort uh, so of, no, a... we, uh, all the sculpting is done digitally here. Um, oh, okay. Not, li- not like the car industry where they do still use clay. Um, we, we, um, use primarily freeform and it's like a haptic arm that, um, the sculptor, like it's like they're, um, sculpting clay, but in digital space. And so with that arm, they can feel the clay and they can, they can move it around and sculpt it. That's That's, that's really, really awesome. Actually. I never knew that. And then what is it? Is a a 3d printer spitting this out in the back end? Is that how it works? Yeah. So, so once, once, uh, we get a sculpt that we like, then we, we send it to the printer, print it out. So, you know, we can have, we can have a print ready in a couple hours, look at it, make some revisions and then, you know, same day, make, make changes. Um, and so after maybe two or three rounds with the sculptor here in, in our studio here in California, then, um, we'll turn it over to, uh, our development engineers in Asia. And then we work back and forth with them. So maybe two or three rounds working with them and getting, um, at that point we're like, uh, you know, making, we're parting everything out. So the sculpt we do here in the U S is just a, what we call a solid part model. It's a, it's just one chunk of like chunk of digital clay. Right. Uh, when we send it over to Asia, we send it with all kinds of specs of how we want to break it up. Like what part's going to be die cast, what part's going to be ABS, what part's going to be uh, polypropylene, whatever. And then um, we work with the engineer to like part that out and make sure it still looks the way we intended it to. And so we go back and forth. Sometimes there's compromises where they'll say, Oh, well you can't make it in out of that part because it'll be too brittle or whatever. And then we have to either adjust the material or adjust the shape so that it'll work with that material. Um, you know, a lot of stuff like that that you do along the way. Um, but you know, we make sure that we retain the integrity of the design as we go along. And that's, you know, that, that process takes a couple months or so. And then, and once we arrive at a, uh, a digital model, parted out model that we like, then we'll uh, approve it to uh, cut steel. We call it, you know, uh, um, where we actually cut the tool to make make the toy. Um, and then from there we do uh, like first shots where we, we run a few and then we t- test them out. So that brings me to another question, if you don't mind. In in terms of the the purity of the product and the tradition of the product, why is it still diecast? Is is that because of tradition or is it because of, of a of a durability? Um, well, I- yeah, I think it's a lot of things. It's it's um, it's durability and it's it's just um, uh, product quality, right? Diecast is the best material. It's it's uh, 
it's actually a, a specific um, alloy of different materials that it works best, right? It's, um, what is it? Zinc, aluminum, magnesium, copper, and I can't remember what else. But anyway, uh, you know, it's it's this um, specific formula of of metals that that has the best properties. Um, it's extremely durable. You know, our our Hot Wheels are guaranteed for life, right? Like they they will not. Um, no kidding. Well, I, I believe yeah, it. I mean, unless you mine mine were like in the sandbox for for months, and they you could still <laughs> you could still make those babies function. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I heard, I heard more is, than yeah. one four letter word screamed in my house growing up from my father stepping out. <laughs> <laughs> <they're> like, you know, <laughs> it was like yeah. that in Legos, right? I know. Um, but on that note, so um, we are, you know, uh, Matchbox in particular. Um, as a huge sustainability initiative. And so we're working really hard to, um, to create um, new diecast toys and other Matchbox products like play sets and everything that uh, is fully sustainable. And, and, and we have a strong sustainability message around that. And so um, we're, we're um, you know, in the process of developing um, some diecast cars um, with advanced materials that, uh, well, that's very cool because a lot of people wouldn't think about that, right? Like a lot of people, unless they're very, very actively aware of sustainability, wouldn't think of a toy as being, you know, something that a, a, a company like yours is actually actively thinking yeah. about and trying to change. That, that's really interesting. Well, we're, yeah, always, we're always talking about how toys kind of recycle as far as their value, right? Mm -hmm. There's these collectors and you can see toys from the... 60s, 70s, 80s. Not, I mean, everything kind of recycles at one point, and and it just, I guess, it depends on the the demand for it. But yeah. is there what is the most desired or sought after product that that you guys have made? So, um, and is there like it, is there like a gold holy grail that you know someone's <laughs> yes. trying to get that some collector just won't ever let go of? Yes, there is actually that the the holy grail of Hot Wheels is the um, pink Volkswagen Beach Bomb uh, from 1969. So there's um, there's a collector who paid seventy two thousand dollars for one little Hot Wheels car <laughs> for for Hot, yes. Hot Wheels <laughs> seventy two thousand yes. dollars. Wow! 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 Yeah. See, oh, so, wow! But but even that so. He's it's I think the latest value I heard was he's valued at uh two hundred thousand dollars because sure appreciation, yeah. Inflation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's been offered um, you know, um uh, at least hundred and fifty thousand dollars for it and, and wouldn't part with it for that much. So wow. um yeah, it's amazing. It's, and it's this crazy. is that this is that pink. well okay, why why that yeah. car specifically? Why is that the holy grail? Okay, so so um it's a prototype. So you're never gonna find you're you're never going to get that much value out of like a production full run, you know, Pablo's car from the, from back in the day. But, um, you know, collectors have gotten their hands on a few of these prototypes from back at the early days of Hot Wheels. And those are, are the most valuable. So there's a few things. One, the, that particular prototype, um, it was thought to be the only one in pink. And so pink tends to be a really popular color amongst collectors anyway. And then if it's the only one, it's like super valuable. Um, but on top of that, it was, uh, the prototype was a narrower body with, um, surfboard sticking out of the back. But during, um, development, they determined that it was, it was not handling well on track because it, it was too narrow. So they widened the body and put the surfboards on the side. And so there's very few of those rear, what they call the rear loader surfboards, um, uh, of those beach bombs. So, that made it particularly desirable and very rare. Can you um, imagine you the? Can't get a hold of those. Can you imagine the designer just like nah and like you know like taking that prototype, be like nah, we're <laughs> well, gonna re yeah, that, yeah, we're gonna redo this and just chunk it, and someone yeah. else just picking up. Hmm. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Look that's, what I found. <laughs> that's the question then. So, so is there any kind of a protocol or standard in the industry now to destroy prototypes, yeah, or is it? There is. Really? Yeah, so we, we yeah they, they we. Uh, we're pretty tight about our prototypes and making sure they don't get out. We do um, donate some occasionally uh, for charity at the like Hot Wheels conventions and Matchbox conventions and stuff. And um, 
And so we'll we'll have like certificates of authenticity and stuff and with all the information related to that car. Um, and those are like officially endorsed prototypes that are, are put out there. And we, you know, it's all, like I said, for charity. But for the most part, we we don't allow those to get out. <laughs> Very cool. Well, so, uh, uh, sorry, you, you go for it, Philip. So outside of yeah. the full-size Darth Vader car. Yeah. Do you have a personal favorite that you've designed yourself? Oh man, it's hard to pick a favorite. Um, I've, yeah, I've worked on a lot of fun cars. You know, sort of by default, the the Darth car is my favorite, I guess, because it's the one that's kind of garnered the most attention and, and I've become known for. But um, outside of that, um, oh man, I mean, like, was, was there any? Was there any particular? I I, should, I suppose I shouldn't ask a question of a favorite uh, product, right? Was there yeah. any particular? Um, project that you were working on yeah. after you became a designer of these die casts that it was just like a you know shit kicking ruckus fun good time anything <laughs> like that yeah i i guess uh you know i i did this uh one of my early basic hot uh, was basic cars i did when i say basic cars that's the dollar car you see everywhere you know it's ubiquitous everywhere you go um where toys are sold um but uh one of the early basic cars i did was a a themed car, um, and it was a. Uh, I, I decided to do this uh, Mexican wrestler theme, and so um, cool. and this was before I was doing character cars. So it was kind of a prelude to character cars, I guess. But um, and so I studied Mexican wrestlers and you know luchadors and 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 tried to get all the little details right. And um, and I basically I even created the car so that the top could pop off. And it was wait, like wait, was that mask. the El Superfasto? Yes, that's right. That's the one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the the L Superfasto. Okay, because I, I looked yeah. at that one and I go, man, that is a interesting design on that car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had a lot of fun with that one, and um, you know, some people told me that, oh, that's like it was going to be offensive to people or something. So I asked all my friends. I, I have a lot of friends in Mexico and a lot of Mexican American friends here, and 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 they all loved it. Nobody was offended by it. So I'm like, no, this no, this is cool. And there were people that were skeptical, like, oh no, people are going to be offended by it. But but when it launched, it was it was a big hit. And and every time I go to Mexico, the conventions, I get like hundreds of people with El Superfastos wanting me to sign it. And uh, and they all love it. They, they're like, they're so proud. Like, oh, you're representing our culture. We love this. You know, so, that's so cool. So, that's awesome. Yeah, I never heard a negative word about it. <laughs> well, I know that you have again, so many projects and things that you can't tell us about, and there's always something going on with you guys over there. Yeah. But do you have anything coming on the pipeline that you can share that's coming, that's coming up or, you know, cause you mentioned yeah. that you guys do Comic-Con obviously, or you have your own matchbox convention, um, you yeah. know, things like that. What, what's coming up for you? Oh man. Well, so we've got, we've got a lot of things coming up. Um, you know, we're, we're, constantly adding new um new licenses to our world of character cars so that's that's really exciting um some of the new licenses that we've got coming up i, th I think will be a lot of fun uh we've branched out more into um uh the video video game space so we're not just doing characters from movies and tv shows and cartoons but we're actually doing characters from video games as well and, and some of that's already come out like our minecraft cars have been really popular our um our, our super mario cars both we, we have Super Mario character cars as well as um, replica Mario Kart cars as well. And, and um, the Mario Kart line especially is, is hugely um, popular. Um, so there's all kinds of new stuff coming there that's going to even, you know, um, represent that video game world in, in more detail. And, and there's some exciting exciting product coming out. That's cool. I've got, I've got an eight-year-old daughter who recently discovered Minecraft. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm really hoping I see her again before she goes to college. Because right I, I don't, just... I don't quite get it. I mean, yeah, I, I do get it, but I don't get it. Like I understand the concept <laughs> of it, but I'm sitting here like watching some of these kids. I mean, there are people that will be that have dedicated YouTube channels. Oh yeah, to yeah, literally. I saw I was there was a, a student or a friend of mine. Their kid tuned in when they wanted break time. They would sit down and watch on their break or their downtime to watch a yeah. YouTube channel about Minecraft. And it was a guy yeah. 
playing Minecraft. They're watching another person <laughs> on YouTube play Minecraft, and that dude is making probably, what, six figures just walking around playing Minecraft. Well, you can imagine then how popular the Minecraft car must be. No, right? I imagine you guys are yeah, doing very well exactly. with that car. So, <laughs> Well, yeah. Brian, man, we, we cannot thank you enough for your time. It's been such a treat. We, we could be going for so... We can go for hours. I can do this all night. Yeah, we, we could... <laughs> thank you so much. I mean, this was yeah. such an insight to an, an incredible, incredible childhood you know, dream for us. I do have one question for you. Yeah. If you now, and I know this might be hard for you to say because you said you wanted, this is what you wanted to do from like age five. Yeah, I mean, I know yeah. you, I know you said maybe eight or something, but I'm going to go maybe age two or something. You knew that this was your, your calling, <laughs> Yeah. but if you could do something else, mm-hmm. what would that be? Or if, if you can't imagine doing something else, is there, is there another step of, of the dream that you are looking forward to or possibly taking in the future. Yeah. Well, I, um, I'm not sure that, um, I I don't know that there's any other step for me. Like I, I'm super content, like what I'm doing. I don't, I don't see myself going anywhere else or doing anything else. Um, but the first part of the question, if I wasn't doing this, what would I do? Uh, at one point when I was a little kid, I thought I wanted to be a paleontologist, you know, so. I wow, think that, that's like dice, a 180, like. Oh, I know. Uh, it's totally different. But uh, so I think digging <laughs> up awesome. dinosaur bones would be pretty cool if I if I had to do something else. <laughs> you're, you're, you're an explorer. I, that's just in general. Yeah, I think so. You're an explorer. I love that. I see, love that. See what you've done? In 2022, there's going to be a paleontology Hot Wheels. <laughs> I, 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 wanna, yeah. I want some credit for that one, or at least a signed, or at least a well, signed, done, uh, signed copy. We've done quite a few dinosaur cars, actually, already. Oh, I imagine. I imagine so. Well, you can just tell that you absolutely adore what you do. You, you can just tell how much you love it. Um, it, I'm so thankful for you because you make so many other people happy. Um, and when someone enjoys their job and a product comes out, it, it just, you can just tell, you can just tell. And it's, we need more creativity in this world. And man, yeah, I, sure. I can, I cannot thank you enough for taking time to sit with us. Well, thanks a lot, man. It's been great talking to you guys. I really appreciate you inviting me on and, and it's, it's been a lot of fun talking. Yeah, thank you if, for coming on. Yeah, thank you. If you're ever in Houston, make sure that you hit us up, let us know, and we're gonna take you up on that. We're gonna try to see if we can make a little trip out there to uh, to California, see if we can can visit if if you'll have us. That would be great. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Let me know if you're coming down. I'll uh, I'll uh, work some. Of course, has to be post COVID because right now I can't. Yes. I can't let anybody in. <laughs> Indeed. Well, yeah, Indeed. we we are definitely um, not the travelers for right now, but. Yeah. If you guys want to catch more episodes of Neighbors Don't Knock, you can always listen every Friday for new episodes. Brian Benedict with us here today. We thank him for coming on the show. Make sure you check us out on social media. Philip? Brian? Yeah? Peace out, buddy. Yeah, we'll see you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you guys next week. All right.